This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. Cameo has been a pretty interesting addition to the creator economy. Founded in 2017, Cameo is a platform that allows people to request custom messages from celebrities to send to their family and friends. It's the kind of idea that, in all honesty, could have fizzled out early on as some kind of novelty. But in six years, the company has found interesting ways to expand the business and create viable revenue streams for celebrities and creators, even for those who may not be in the traditional Hollywood spotlight. This is Creative Control. I'm your host, Casey Finey. Each week, I'll be unpacking the driving forces and people shaping the creator economy and what it all means for its future. So Cameo is a company that first blipped on my radar in 2019. I actually wrote a feature story for Fast Company on how Cameo seemed to come out of nowhere to become this notable platform in the creator economy. To better understand how the company has evolved, where it's headed, and why its future may or may not involve AI celebrities, I reached out to co-founder and CEO Stephen Galanis. So, Stephen, very excited to chat with you. For those who may not know Cameo's origin story, you launched a company in 2017, so you've been around for a while now. I'd love it if you could just tell me a little bit about how Cameo came to be. Sure. The origin story of Cameo starts in a very surprising place. Martin and I had the idea for Cameo at my grandmother's funeral in October of 2016. The story behind that is that Martin had been spending a lot of his career up to that point as a movie producer and had just gotten his NFL agent license. And actually, his one and only client, a guy named Cassius Marsh, who's actually staying with me in Miami as we speak, Cassius was a player for the Seattle Seahawks. He was not a starter on the team. He was a role player. And Martin was very frustrated that somebody that's not a superstar athlete is just not able to get any type of off-field endorsement money. Martin had an idea because of his film background that somebody like Cash, who is a big, strong, action figure-looking person, uh, he really felt that he could take the Cash and like turn him into a movie star as well, just like The Rock. The Rock was a football player that today is the highest-paid actor in Hollywood. But anyway, so Martin and I are driving back to the airport, pulls out his phone, and he shows me a video that he had gotten Cassius Marsh to make for his buddy, Brandon. Brandon was from Seattle. He loves the Seahawks. And Martin got Cassius to record a video saying, hey, Brandon, it's Cassius Marsh from the Seahawks. Heard about your son, Maverick. If he gets your athletic ability, he'll be playing for the Seahawks one day. Go Hawks. And as Martin showed me this video right away, like kind of the eureka moment popped up. And (laughs) like my first thought was like, we should sell these. We got to try to get Cassius a marketing deal, Martin. Like this feels like the new autograph. This feels like something that every athlete should do. And again, at the very beginning, we started just with athletes. And there was a documentary that ESPN did, a 30 for 30, called Broke. And in that documentary, they talk about how 85% of NFL players go broke five years after playing their last game, right? And that's a really big problem. And we felt like opening a new revenue stream up for these athletes could really help alleviate that problem and it could help them take their brand and turn it into a business. Yeah. 
And I think it's so interesting because I don't recall there being a company like Cameo back in 2017. And so was it an easy sell to get these? I know you initially started with athletes and you've moved on past that to include celebrities and just so many people. But I mean, was it an easy sell to like go to these athletes and say like, hey, do you want to make like a personalized video for a bunch of strangers, <laughs> essentially? Like what was like, take me back to those early days, like when you're building this out, like how did you build your roster of talent? First, we started with anybody that would say yes, right? So we started <laughs> with friendlies, obviously. Martin was an athlete at USC, so he had some connections to different USC football players or Olympic athletes. There was just a lot more willingness, right? Because these guys, they weren't really big deals in high school and are big deals in the NFL. And people wear their jersey. And yeah, just because they're not getting the Chevy commercials or signing the $100 million plus contracts, so many people that I would talk to in the early days are like, hey, I do this all the time. I do this for free. But the people that they do it for free... You know, it's like, oh, it's my agent's kid's bar mitzvah. And I made a video for the montage, right? <laughs> right. You see stuff like that. But it's always someone like with direct access. And the whole idea here was by opening this up to people that don't have direct access, by adding that paywall, you're actually able to do a lot more of these. And for a lot of people, they've been able to build a great new income stream for this. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but knowing how much the creator economy has evolved since 2017... What does that evolution look like from your perspective at Cameo, especially when you think about how much the creator economy was turbocharged in 2020 when so many people were at home, so many people just were on their phones way more and just just had more time to spend like uploading content. And then a lot of people became famous. Great question. First off, anything that creates more fame in the world is good for Cameo. Let's just start with that. Right. Very true. So. We are a marketplace of people that are famous. So the more famous people in the world, the better, right? And when we started Cameo, there were three theses that we had about fame and the changing nature of celebrity that I think are even more true today. And that phenomenon broadly is called the creator economy. And the three theses that I had at the beginning were, number one, because of social media, there are more famous people on earth today than there were yesterday, right? And there's going to be more famous people tomorrow. Platforms like TikTok as you alluded to, can allow someone to go from obscurity to having a million followers overnight. The second thesis, again, a very relevant one to Cameo, is that people are more famous in absolute terms today than they've ever been. Mm. And this is because of the social following, right? If I remember when we were starting Cameo, Dwayne Wade was one of the bigger players in the NBA. Zion Williamson was a senior at, or a freshman at Duke. And he had more followers on Instagram as a high school senior than Dwayne Wade did as an all-NBA player, right? And that's just because for someone like Zion, Instagram was a part of his rise, right? That was something he was nurturing from the beginning. And for a business like Cameo, as you see more and more talent getting started earlier with us, you know, I alluded to NIL, for example, Mm -hmm. which is the name image likeness legislation that allows college athletes to come on. The next Tom Brady will have joined Cameo as a freshman at Michigan, as opposed to us trying to get him after he's made half a billion dollars and won seven Super Bowl rings, right? So that is something really exciting that because people are more famous than ever, they're turning to a creator monetization stack much earlier in their life cycle, and that allows them to really take their brand and build their business on the internet. 
And then third, and this is one that's really counterintuitive, but I think you will appreciate this. The guy that blew up during COVID and got a million followers on, on TikTok, Tezande had this viral hit, Chocolate Rain, right? And that guy ended up being able to continue to build a business on this at Cameo years later, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a really interesting concept. And the reason I say 15 minutes of fame today, last 15 years, is I believe that the social networks last about 15 years, right? You think about the age of Facebook, right? Facebook's been around for over 15 years, but really has lost a lot of its relevance when you're thinking about someone building fame. Like you don't hear many people like going on Facebook at this point to to get famous. Instagram is getting much closer to that, that 15 year cycle. And it's so interesting because we are a merch company called Represent and we work with a lot of iconic franchises like Fast and the Furious, right? Mm -hmm. And when you go look at the actors on Fast and the Furious, like some of those people have a hundred million followers on Facebook because when Facebook came out, that was the biggest thing in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And those people will be able to continue to monetize as long as Facebook is relevant and as long as those hundred million people still use the app. And you're going to see that with TikTok and Instagram and all the other platforms and whatever comes next. So as long as the platform is relevant, you know, those folks will be able to monetize and build deeper connections with their fan base. Right. And I'm glad you brought up the example of Chocolate Rain because it's interesting because that was such a huge YouTube viral moment. Years pass. And then, as you mentioned now, you know, he's on Cameo. And to me, it's that nostalgia factor for the people who remember that video. They're like, oh, I can interact with this person in a new way. And I can send this to a friend and be like, oh, do you remember this? Oh, this it's the Chocolate Rain guy. Oh, he's sending you a message. So with that in mind, I mean, how would you describe Cameo's position in the creator economy? I mean, look, we offer one of the most intimate possible connections, right? Your favorite person, like getting to speak directly to you. And one thing we've always believed at Cameo is Cameo really helps talent or creators turn their casual fans into rabid super fans. And we all know this, right? Think about if the last famous person that you met, you saw them at a restaurant or ran into them at a game and come up and say hi to them and if they're nice to you, you're going to go and tell everybody that, oh, I, like last night I met Charles Barkley at the Florida Panthers game, right? Charles is like such a great guy. Had time, took, said hi to everybody, taking pictures, just like a whale of a guy. Mm. Every single person, right, that I see today, I'm going to tell them about how great Charles Barkley is. And people now have that that positive spin. On the same time, if someone, you meet someone and they don't care, or they don't give you the time of day then you have a really negative reaction to them going forward. And when you tell other people about that experience, like that kind of dings their Q score on a micro level. And the thing that's so interesting about Cameo is when you get the Cameo from someone and then you share it on Instagram, everyone in your network, everyone following you now has a better opinion of that person because they just did something nice for you, right? For sure. I would love it if you could walk me through some of the major milestones in Cameo's growth, just in terms of expanding the offerings. I mean, I feel like Cameo has expanded in really interesting ways. It could have just been like a kind of like a novel, cute idea, but like it's really turned into like a substantial business. So I'd love it if you can walk me through some of the ways that you've grown Cameo to have a stronger foothold in the creator economy. Sure. So, you know, first off, We've always hoped on Cameo that we could be the place where talent make more money per minute than anything else they do online or offline. 
And one of the like really interesting things about people, when you look at their price on Cameo, right? And you're like, oh, why is he doing this for $100? Doesn't this person have a lot of money? I remember in the early days, there was a max salary NBA player who was one of the first like 50 people to join Cameo. This guy was making over $25 million a year. And when I approached him on Cameo, he's like, this is awesome. I want to do it, but I think I need to be like $40,000. And I asked him, why do you think you need to be $40,000? And he's last year, I got paid to go to, to do this live appearance at a bar mitzvah. So hopefully, I feel like 40000 is like the right number for me. I then took him through the math and I said, you make $25 million a year. You work 2,000 hours in a work year, 50, 40-hour weeks. And if you divide that by 60 you actually make $208 per minute. On Cameo, if you charge $100 per video, and you can do one every 30 seconds, you can actually make as much money making a $100 Cameo video as you can playing in the NBA on a max salary, right? And then that was the math that we used in the early days to get pricing way down. And then as Cameo got bigger... People used it more almost like real estate, right? They would look at their number versus their teammates or people that they felt as their peers. And that started to create a new anchoring. So obviously, like once we had the core business rocking and rolling in the marketplace, the next thing that we're, the questions that we're getting from talent is, hey, what else can we do together, right? And at the very beginning, the core idea with Cameo was for X amount of money, you should be able to pay to do Y activity with Z person. Right. So that was like this larger equation of the business that would become Cameo. And for about the first four years, we were hyper focused on just having one Y activity, which was the personalized video message. And as we continued to grow the talent base, we learned something really interesting. Number one, by getting on the talent's phones, right? So we were on their phones. We're not on their agent's phones. We're not on their manager's phones. We've already trained them through the core Cameo system to get a push notification, to open it up. For them to, to read off, see the script, put it into their own words and, and go from there. And we realized like first, hey, if we're able to do that for consumers, like we could do that for businesses as well. Right. And that kind of gave rise to Cameo for Business, which was our first product offering. You know, then we started to think more broadly in the creator economy, creators really monetize four major ways. One, they sell subscriptions. Two, they sell physical products. Three, they sell digital products. And four, they have to do brand deals. And we started to look at our larger portfolio. And you know, we realized that we were missing a couple of those. So we started to build a subscription product called Fan Clubs, which launched in 2020. That This is a similar concept to Patreon or OnlyFans. We did not find product market fit personally with that product. So that's something that we shelved. But at the same time, we also felt like getting into physical products would be a really important move for the company. In 2021, we ended up buying a company called Represent, which was one of the largest celebrity merch companies in the world. And we felt like this was a great thing to add to our offering where on Cameo today, like every time you get booked, you have to open your phone and that is doing work to record the video and for the individual or for the business. So by having something like Represent where you're doing merch, yeah, you're putting a little upfront work in design and going back and forth on what your offering is. But once you launch your merch store, like you're making money and you don't have to do incremental work. And we really felt like that would be a great thing to diversify our revenue with. And speaking of Cameo for Business, I mean, for those who may not know, I mean, what is Cameo for Business? 
Sure. We've done the same thing for marketers. So many brands want to use celebrities to create bespoke user-generated content for their social medias. And on Cameo for Business, a brand actually can go do that. So the talent have a price that tends to be different and higher than their consumer price. There's different rights usages that come along with it. But we today work with over 14,000 companies who use our platform to get in touch with celebrities, give them the broad strokes overview of the type of message that they want to go say, and then they can go take that piece of content and put ad dollars behind it on TikTok, on Snapchat, on Instagram, on YouTube, and really create their own like mini commercials. We had this idea back in 2019 when Brett Favre, who was one of the early cameo superstars, the former great Hall of Fame quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, Brett Favre was getting booked by car dealerships in Wisconsin who wanted him to give shout outs for like the big Memorial Day sale, right? And Brett said, hey, I would do this. I just need more money. It feels, it doesn't feel right that a car dealership or a business should be charged the same as a fan, right? And we ended up asking him, like, what do you think this should be? At the time, he was charging about $400 for a cameo video for the fan. And for the business, he's, hey, I'd do it for 10 grand. We took that back to the business. And at the beginning, we had no idea if that was going to be like too high or too low. But the business agreed. And that was the beginning of Cameo for Business. And when you think about why that's a good deal for the business, if that business wanted to shoot a commercial with Brett Favre, they would have had to send that. So first off, they would have had to spend weeks negotiating or months with his agent, Buzz Cook. They would have sent a private jet to Hattiesburg, Mississippi to pick him up and take him to Wisconsin. There'd be a whole set, lights, camera, makeup, screen, all the folks required to go and produce a video. There's post-production. It really is a whole process and something that would likely cost mid six figures, if not low seven figures, just to get a quick little spot. And instead, that brand can go and immediately, when they have the idea, go and get right to Brett. Brett can sit on his couch, can record the video, turn it around. And frankly, like the business has a, an asset that performs even higher than a highly produced, more expensive piece of content because it is user-generated content. It is filmed vertically. It looks like a video that would be on TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat or any other platform natively. And that's why Cameo for Business has struck a really powerful nerve in the influencer marketing space. And I'd love to hear a little bit about Cameo Kids because I know that that launch, I think, in last year, which yeah. seemed like seemed like such a no-brainer. I remember when it launched, I was like, this is brilliant. And you had an amazing partnership with Candle Media, which, of course, is the home to Coco Melon, which I'm trying to I'm trying to show my nephews that there's more <laughs> to kids' animation than Coco Melon, which is the kids are obsessed with Coco Melon. So how did that how did Cameo Kids come about? Look, very similar. Coco Melon, we talk about there being more fame in the world than ever before. And the, today's famous people are more famous than they've ever been. Coco Melon is the number one channel in the world on YouTube, not the number one kids channel, the number one channel in the whole world on YouTube. Wild. There's over a billion people that watch Coco Melon on a monthly basis, right? Which is crazy. And you think about like Disney's most iconic characters, like, they don't even have that reach or distribution to that level. Like the company can and they can spend money, but when you build an organic following, like that gets really exciting. At the same time, we've been watching a lot of the trends in generative AI and deep fakes. And we really felt like there was going to be an opportunity for Cameo to start 
working with a lot of these different technologies. We'd wanted animated characters on Cameo for forever. But the problem prior to those technologies was people would have to do custom animation. You'd have to get the voice actor in. I remember talking to one classic IP, like something that would have been so exciting back in 2019. And it's a huge blockbuster animated movie. And there's one guy that does like all the voices for all the characters in the movie, right? Which is crazy. There would have to be custom animation and they'd have to go get that guy in the studio all the time to record. And that's just not really like a scalable endeavor. And we got to know Kevin and Tom over at Candle and the amazing team that they have there. And over the series of a few months, we were able to hammer out this larger idea for Cameo Kids with Coco Melon coming on as the original launch partner. And immediately within the industry, so many other top IP providers have come to us and said, hey, I want to be part of this as well. So we're really excited about this. We launched it in late December last year. We're going to continue to onboard more exciting names over the course of the year and think that this will be a big part of our business at Christmas time. We're going to take a quick break, and when we're back, we'll hear more from Stephen about how the business of celebrity interactions could change in the future. This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. So as I'm sure you know, uh, entertainment industry unions are all over the news right now, right? The writer strike is still very much going on. And in the past week, SAG-AFTRA actually approved strike authorization. And I find it interesting that Cameo recently announced an agreement with SAG before all of this went down. So could you talk a bit about how that partnership with SAG came about and what it could mean for Cameo's business? Look, SAG is an incredibly important player in our ecosystem, obviously, largest agent, largest union for screen actors in the world. Most of our best talent on Cameo, as we talked about earlier, are more traditional talent. So the Brian Bob Gardner's of the world and the big television stars that we have that are some of the most beloved characters on Cameo, like they are part of this union and the work that they do on the B2B side making cameo commercials, now that work is accruing towards their pension and health benefits, right? So it is being recognized as real work, just like they were on set filming a commercial. It's a huge moment for our talent, first and foremost, who are going to benefit immensely from this because they're getting credit for this work that they're doing on, on our platform. Secondly, it's great for SAG because they're taking something that really has been helpful to their union members, especially we talked about COVID when people could film and the writer's strike right now, these things are going on. And to be forward thinking and say, hey, here's another alternative revenue stream that's becoming more and more important to our union membership, you know, for them to be forward thinking and strike this deal with us, I think says a lot about the reputation that our company has built and the technology and its trusted place in the ecosystem. So for us, it's very much a sign that, hey, Cameo is here to stay. Even a lot of the executive committee and leadership team at SAG, those actors and actresses are on Cameo as well. They really understand this. And this agreement is something that people have been so excited about and the reception has been incredible. Yeah. 
Right. And thinking about how far cameos come since 2017, and of course, you have two rounds of layoffs, which was, I'm sure, just really hard to go through. Um, How would you describe where cameo is now? Like when you think about all these recent partnerships and launches and like saying something like fan clubs wasn't like a product market fit and just trying different things and seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. Like, how would you describe where Cameo is right now? Cameo has had the highest of highs and you mentioned the layoffs, like the lowest of lows. It's been a wild ride, but I think very consistently Cameo is a place where talent can earn significant money, right? They can have some great supplemental income that they control that that they're the boss of that is available at times where you know maybe a work stoppage happens or the world shuts down and you're stuck in your house like i would call cameo at this point like almost a public utility for talent modernization like it is a thing that has hit a certain scale that you know and with the partnerships that we've done that is just becoming like a, a not just a name brand, but something that is just like a fundamental part of the ecosystem, right? There's a real need in the world for the service that we provide on the consumer side. We bring joy and happiness to folks. We help talent monetize their social in a way that's brand positive. We're helping democratize access now to companies large and small and to influencers and talent that would love to endorse those companies. So I really believe it's become like almost like a utility at this point. It's part of the plumbing and and one of the companies that has connected Silicon Valley and Hollywood. So it's been a really exciting ride and the future is really bright for what we're doing. And we're going to continue to partner with the top IP in the world and the best brands and companies and unions and whoever we need to do to like really continue to make sure that Cameo is a company that can be around for a hundred years. So with that in mind, Thinking that you've established this company, as you say, like a public utility, what does Cameo's next chapter look like? Look, I think when we think about like our vision and mission, we're so early in that. You talked about the creator economy every every day on, on this podcast. And when you think about most people will say that there's about 50 million creators in the world right now. Right. And at Cameo, we have 50,000 people. So, you know, that amount of creators is growing every single day. Folks are looking for new ways to monetize. So, we're so early in capturing the TAM, not just in the US, but globally. You think about how much people love celebrities in India or Japan or all over the world. Like, my family's Greek, (laughs) South, South Korea, right? My family is Greek. And my mom and her friends will always ask me, like, where the Greek singers are, right? And Mm. every culture has their people that are huge and influential. And again, like, we believe that there will be one global marketplace for this. We believe that it is us. And we believe we have a duty to continue to get the world's talent on the platform, connect, connect allow them to connect with their fan base and really earn a lip. So first, I always start with our mission. And our mission at Cameo is to create the most personalized and authentic fan experiences on Earth, right? So, and all those words are really important. Personalized is important because every Cameo, just like every snowflake, is unique. It's different, right? When a request comes in, it's not a script. The talent read that and then they take their own brilliance and creativity and they turn that into a piece of content that makes people smile, laugh, and cry. Authentic is so critical to what we do. And as we think about things like AI, right, we think about 
where do we draw the line on authenticity and how do we use these technologies that have so much promise? How do we keep it authentic in a way that doesn't damage the the brand that we built, right? Like when you see the Cameo watermark, that is a digital certificate of authenticity. People know that it's real if it came from Cameo. It's not a deep fake. It's not Photoshop. It's not anything like that. So we take that really seriously. And again, I think nostalgia is such an important part of our business. Like our mission, it didn't say anything about talent modernization, right? It talked about fan experiences and fans love the things that, you know, when they see a movie, they think about like, where was I at that place in time? And one of the things that's so awesome about Cameo is when you have 50,000 people, it's not just everybody trying to book Snoop Dogg or the most famous person. Like we go back to that Tay video. Like if you and I were in college together and Chuckle Rain came out and that was a video that like we took a lot of joy from me picking out years later that video for you that shows how well i know you Mm -hmm. right it's like selecting the right talent is such an important part of our market and what really creates the magical moments that that we strive to deliver every single day at cameo and and again i think we go back to that thesis i was talking about where 15 minutes of fame can last for 15 years now talent are constantly rising and falling right people and cameo is a place for talent when they're on their way up, when they're establishing themselves. It's a great place when you're the most famous person in the world. Obviously, there's huge modernization potential. And frankly, it's also a great place when you're not as relevant anymore, when your show's not on television or you're an artist that's not putting new music out, when your fan base can continue to engage and connect and, and get joy from your work going forward. So again, to that point, I think all that's good for us. And We are a marketplace of the subset of everyone who has ever been famous, everyone who's famous now, and everybody who will be famous in the future. Yeah, you don't stop loving someone just because they're not in the spotlight anymore. Like, they still mean something to you. So I think that's what made Cameo really interesting. And plus, I think you mentioned this in when I interviewed you a couple of years ago. Like, you're like if Drake was on Cameo, he'd be charging like $10,000. So it's like... <laughs> and again, this is where I think the potential of AI, and when you think about authenticity, it gets really interesting. I believe when you look forward to the next 10 years that talent are going to be IP in and on themselves. Like right now, when you think about IP, it's Marvel and Star Wars and that. I believe people like Drake are themselves going to be IP. And I would not be surprised if you start to see people like that, that talent, that caliber of talent, licensing themselves out, right, to trusted AI provider. And, you know, there will be chatbots that are, people like Drake or AI version of Cameo where Drake can wish you happy birthday on demand, but he doesn't have to go do any work. So again, this is where I think it's going to be really interesting to see how those lines get drawn. And so much of the AI stuff that we've seen have been companies like not getting permission to you. Like we all saw it, those Drake AI music videos, like they didn't have Drake's permission and then they get taken down. Right. But you know, some company, they will get the talent to sign on and they will go build these tools. And not every talent's going to do it, but some are going to say yes, right? right. And that's going to be really interesting to see how that evolves. So will that company be Cameo? <laughs> Again, like the same technology that we use for Cameo Kids is exactly the, we're not out there pumping our chest to talk about 
AI that we're doing, but it's the same exact technology that we're using for Cameo Kids to bring the animated characters to life in a scalable way. Like that could be used for people that would love to offer like another SKU, maybe a cheaper SKU that gets a hundred percent fulfillment and can could be just as dependable as getting a GIF on the internet, right? Like that that's super interesting. We've also had the estates of a lot of deceased top talent come to us over the years to mm. think about is there a way to bring really beloved classic iconics to so think of like the Marilyn Monroe's of the world mm. or like Elvis? Could those people be brought back? So again, I'm not saying that we're going to do that stuff, but these are opportunities that the technology do present themselves to us. And again, we have to take a look at our mission, our vision, our values, and make decisions that we think are befitting of a company that I believe has become a public utility in the ecosystem. And we don't want to do anything to jeopardize that perch that we sit on right now. That is fascinating, actually, because if you think about who is famous, I mean, we obviously we've just been talking about people who are here today, like whether they're A-list, B-list, however you want to describe it. But we have seen in the market these hologram concerts. Like I did a whole story about around Bass Hologram, who are obviously getting sign-off from the estates of Maria Callas, the opera singer, or Whitney Houston, Roy Orbison. Like they're working with these estates of these legendary artists. And I had never even put together the possibility of these estates working with a company like Cameo, but it could be, it would be a very, I will say this, it would be a very polarizing offering because there's some people who fully lean into it. Like, oh, I want to see Whitney in concert. I want to see, I think they're in talks with like doing an Amy Winehouse one. And then there are some people who are like, let the dead be, let the dead rest. This is not it. This just feels gross. But yeah, I can see it. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if the technology is there to make it as, seamless as possible to this video representation of someone who's deceased and whatnot. And I I don't know, but it is interesting. The crazy thing is the technology is there today, Mm. right? And it's been there. So it is not about like the technical capability of going to do this stuff. All this stuff is doable. It is about the values that we talked about earlier. Is this aligned with our mission, vision, values, right? Not just for Cameo, but for any company that's pursuing it. And again, because the technology exists, this will happen. This is good. Now, it's not about is Cameo going to do it, but like this stuff will exist. Mm. Okay, we shall see. (laughs) Well, Steven, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. This was great. Of course, anytime. That's going to do it for this episode of Creative Control. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I always love hearing from you. I say it every week and I mean it every week. So make sure you rate and comment as well. Fast Company podcasts are produced by Avery Miles, Blake Odom, and Julia Shu. Editing and sound design is by Nicholas Torres. And our executive producer is Joshua Christensen.